Hey guys, how you doing out there today? It's your boy. I'm sitting in my studio right now, just going through a few Facebook posts, and I hear a lot of people, and I'm reading a lot of comments about this 2020 election. I think we should have learned since the Obama administration that you shouldn't just vote in a national election, right? We have so many different elections that go on throughout the year, every year, that we should be voting in every single one in order to be the voice of the people, right? Because we are the people. But a lot of people don't even take that into consideration that we are the people. We are the government. And the people that we send out to represent us are exactly what they are, representatives. We are the constituents. We are the ones who actually have the right to make the rule. And if the rule is not right, we have the right to vote them out. But a lot of the times we sit back and we get people in office for 30 and 40 years that haven't done anything. But when it's time to get reelected, they come back to the neighborhood. And that's, that's something that we, we don't have time for that. We have to actually get up every single time and we have to go out and we have to vote. Even if it takes up a little bit of our time. But before we vote, before we go out and think that it's just basically about voting, what we really, really need to do is we really need to find out more about the people that we're voting for. Because nine times out of the 10, the people that we're voting for, we have no clue who they are and what they're about. And that makes absolutely no sense, right? We gotta do better. We have to do better. If we want black equality, if we wanna push this black equality movement, and I don't mean just black people, I'm talking about people of color. If we want this, this movement, we have to get up, get out, and we got to go and do our due diligence. We have to get out and we have to vote in solidarity. We have to do it together. We have to look up who is running for some of these offices, and we have to do more than just say we like a person because their name is familiar, like a Cuomo or like a Bush. We know these names, so it's like, okay, yeah, 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 we're going to vote for these people, but these people have not done anything in their past to deserve our vote. Yes, sometimes we have to take a risk and go with a name that we don't know. Sometimes we have to go with the most uh, radical individual to make things happen. But do your homework. Okay, folks, let's do that. Let's do our homework. Right now, we're going to do a little homework, and we're going to talk about vote. Your vote. It's just that important. It's just that important because the Constitution and the 15th Amendment say it's that important. The 15th Amendment, Section 1, states, The right of a citizen of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous conditions of servitude, slavery. This is how far back it go, right? So if you were a slave, we all know you didn't have the right to vote. 
Now here's section two of that same amendment. It says, the Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Right. So Congress, when, when they get into their offices and then they get into their big room and they, they sit in their chamber and they, they vote, they have to be the ones to make the rules the rule. They have to be, they're the ones who have to, to tell you that's what it is and make it so because they're represented by the people. They're represented, representatives of the people, right? So that's their job, right? So the Constitution, right, the 15th Amendment of the Constitution states that the United States shall not be denied or abridged by what? Race, color, or previous conditions of servitude. So let's get that together. Let's get that in our minds. Let's understand voting is very important. So we're going to take it a step back to the 14th Amendment of the United States. So I want you all to understand what we had to go through as a people, not just black people, but people of color in the United States when it was time to vote. Because only white people had the, the option, and not even white people, white male. Right? So we, as we see white patriarchy, right, they had complete rule and control over the United States. No one had any rights but white, white men. Education didn't even matter. The 14th Amendment of the United States, Section 1, states, All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subjected to jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the states wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any laws which shall abridge the privilege or immunities of ci um, citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, and property without due process of the law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. But we all know that the 14th Amendment was not written for us. Because even though they say citizens at that time, the African was not considered a citizen, right? We, we know that, right? If we don't know that, all you got to do is look into the Constitution and look at all the amendments. Read them. Read all of them. It's very important to know these things because this is what our law of the United States is based on. And it's the only way you can actually beat people who's doing unlawful things with. You take the Constitution, you take the amendments, you, you throw it at, at the lawyer, say this is what was broken, blah, 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 and guess what? They can use that, right? Did you know on Monday, February the 3rd, 2020, Americans, celebrate, uh, Americans celebrated the 150th anniversary of the 15th Amendment? This year also marked the 100th anniversary of the, of the 19th Amendment that won women the right to vote and the 55th anniversary of the 1965 Voting Rights Act, which cemented voting rights for black citizens all in a presidential election year. So look at this, right? 1965 voting rights, which cemented voting rights for black citizens all in a presidential election year. Let me read that again. 1965 voting Rights Act, which cemented voting rights for black citizens 
So that means prior to that, it, it wasn't cemented. That means that at any time, they can say yay or nay. Because who had control? It wasn't us. Do you understand what's going on here? We have the right today because it is cemented 55 years ago. 55 years ago. That's five years after my mom was born. 55 years ago. The rights of voting black was cemented. And yet we sit back and we talk about how our vote don't matter. It don't count. Man, please, listen, solidarity is everything. Everything is based off of numbers. So even if you didn't know how to vote, didn't know what to do, ask a friend, ask a family member, ask a relative, right? This is how you make change. Don't you know that? But as long as we allow ourselves to sit back and believe that our votes don't count, we're going to go through a lot of bullshit in life. I'm serious. It's, it's sad to say that my generation is the generation that don't really get out and vote. I've been voting since 18 years old. And I've been in a, a, an election booth since prior, prior to me being an adult. Five and six years old going to the booth with my aunt or, or my mom. And it had the little slide down. You know, you, you, you fill it out like in school. You know, you get the pencil, the number two pencil, and you fill in the bubble for who you want. And you go down the ballot, and then you go to uh, s section two, and then you go down the ballot, right? Remember that? You turn it over because there was more stuff on the other side. If it was, a, if it was like a, a big year, like say, for instance, New York would have uh, multiple elections going on in the same year at the same time as a presidential election, and you're going down the ballot, and you're hitting up different people that you want to see as your judges, as your magistrates as your mayors, as your governors, as your senators, state and, and federally. We got the right to do that. There was a time where we, we weren't able to actually vote. And when we did have the right to vote at those times, we had, to, we had a, a black and a white line. Suppression, it was always, and it's funny because voter suppression is going, going on right now as we speak. But that don't mean you can't vote. We gotta get out there. We gotta do what we gotta do. I'm telling you. History of the 15th Amendment also shows rights can never be taken for granted. Things can be achieved and things can be taken away. Remember what I said a second ago? Voter suppression? Yes. Let me tell you how they, they give you things. They'll open up major areas and major neighborhoods for a major amount of people to go and vote, but this is how the game work. I don't, I don't care what party you belong to, there's always some kind of suppression. So what they'll do is they'll close down a, a balloting spot, or they'll make it hard for people to get there, or uh, you know, mail-in votes, you can't do it. Early votes, you know, they cut down the time. You, you know, you, you're there from, usually from, uh, let's say, six to six. Now it's nine to five, so the people who actually got to go to work, they can't make it because they get off too late. And the people who's elderly, you know what I'm saying, um, 
they they get up early, but they, their days is is utilized different than a younger person. You know what I mean? So they might have doctor's appointments. They might have things that they got to do to sustain their lives. And then they, they change the times on you. So don't think that because, um, because these things happen, we still shouldn't go out and vote. We have to find a way. Let me tell y'all something else. And this is something that I see daily, regularly, when it comes to my people and all people. Policy over personality. I believe in that. But there's a lot of people who don't even realize that the person that they are voting for has no policy. So they're going with the personality. Like I tell my friends regularly, yo, we're dealing with entertainers and, 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 and celebrities. There's no more journalism. There's no more politics, politicians. Everybody's a celeb celebrity. Everybody's trying to make a way to get in and then get a big deal, TV, books, speeches. Yet, when they get in office, they're not even doing what they're supposed to do for the people because it's bigger than the people. It's themselves. The people that we're electing as officials are only thinking about themselves. So what do we do about that? <laughs> I know what I'm going to do, but this is what I'm going to read to y'all. What do people believe? Do they believe in a gender, a sexual orientation, ethnicity, none of the above? People believe in ideas and values, and that's what they should base their votes on. This is an actual fact. This is what that last part of the paragraph states. What they should base their votes on are people with policy. Y'all want me to read that again? I'm going to read it one more time. I like to read. So let me read this again. What do people believe? Do they believe in a gender? A sexual orientation? And ethnicity, none of the above. People believe in ideas and values, and that's what they should base their votes on. <laughs> By the way, if you're living in Jacksonville, right, and you need, and you need a ride to the polls, please call 904-351-0199, ride safely, Every rider must have a mask on, one rider per ride. After each ride, the driver will clean vehicles. The First Coast Leadership, MVP, My Vote Project. So while I'm here in, in Florida, I'm pushing for people to go out and vote. It would be nice if they do an early vote so they can get there and there's not that many people. I early vote every time. Um, Mail-in ballots is very important, so you can do that, or you can actually vote in person on the day of. And we have rides for those people who cannot afford to get to the polls. This is something that we have to do in our communities because, again, there is voter suppression going on. And in order for us to help our elderly, we have to do things like this. We need to help them get to the polls. They're, they're big voters. The elderly, they, they get out there every single time. They don't care. They be 91 years old, and they're like, I got to vote because they understand the severity and the importance of going out to vote. All right. With that being said, we're going to go to the next.
identity politics. Woo, woo. <laughs> Yo, this is the realest, illest, illest, willest, what you talking about, Willis situation going on in today's modern politics, right? Identity politics. The definition of identity politics is politics in which groups of people having a particular racial, religion, ethnic, social, or cultural identity tend to promote their own specific interests or concerns without regards to the interests or concerns of any larger political group. Now, let me explain something to you. Identity politics, it goes so many different ways. Like, a person will vote for a woman just because she's a woman. A man will vote for a man because he's a man. Someone that's in, uh, that doesn't classify with any genders, they will vote for someone that doesn't classify with any genders. Someone who's uh, homosexual, they will vote for someone homosexual. And it's not the case 100%, right? But it's a big case. And it could be somewhere between 25, 15 to 25%. That's still a large group of people. So my thing I want to say to anybody, just because a woman is a woman and a man is a man, a transgendered person or a non-binary person, Asian, Hispanic, or any other gender or, or um, identity or anything of that nature, make sure you do your research. Don't just vote for a person because they look like you. I want to say this to, the, to, to black people, especially, right? Get more aware of politics. Understand political science. Because we can't just keep giving our votes to people who don't give a, who don't give a damn about us. Let's just say it that way. We can't just keep going around saying because I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican, I'm going to vote that way. Traditions are meant to be broken. If you think about all the years that you struggled being a Democrat or all the years you struggled being a Republican or all the years you've been a part of the Green Party or anything, right, and you gave your vote away to someone who didn't give a damn, guess what? You didn't do your homework. See, what I think and what I feel and how I feel is we need to have more people in our communities teaching our folk about politics. And I don't mean just Democrats and Republican politics because that doesn't mean anything. We need to actually get out there and teach people how to look into some of the people that we plan on voting for, doing some research, looking up all the good and the bad things that a person did in our communities for us while they were in, let's say they're, in a, they're an incumbent, right? And, and they turn around and they did something that was good for the community. And they continuously did that. And they're coming back to the community. You can see them. You can meet them. They're always in their, they're always in their city when they're in their city as opposed to always being in D.C. Or, or, or being in Albany or being in Tallahassee, right? They're in their neighborhoods and they're getting to know the people. These are the type of people that you would like to have because they're in touch with you, right? Let's stop thinking about people in a way of popularity, because popularity don't mean anything. Some of these popular people, they give you their ass to kiss. 
And then when it's time for, 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 for an election, they come and pander to you. There was one woman that I remember uh, watching. I'm not going to say her name because I, I do have a job in the government, so I can't talk actually about who I'm going to vote for. But this lady is not a, uh, she's not in, in the field right now, but I'm still trying to keep it safe. Um, she came to, to Harlem, and I believe they were playing a spades game. So she was sitting at the table playing spades or dominoes or something like that. And somebody offered her some food or something. And she went in her purse. And Beyonce had a song. And she was like, I got hot sauce in my purse or hot sauce in my bag or something like that. And this woman pulled out a small 1.2 or 2.2 ounce bottle of hot sauce. How insulting is that? But because she's popular, it's okay to do. That shit wasn't a joke. That was pandering and it's worse. You have other people saying other things, but I can't talk about it. But y'all know if y'all watch the news, I don't care what, what you are into, Republican or Democrat, if you watch the news, you have a lot of pandering going on. I don't need a political person telling me that I'm not of my ethnicity if I don't vote for them. And I don't, I don't need someone to say, look at my black guy over there. He voted for me. I don't need that. What the hell do you guys plan on doing for my, for my country? And not only for my country, but for my community. But my people, right, they're uneducated on how politics work. I look at all the small details when I'm looking at a political person because I know that they represent themselves a certain way and then when it comes to us as the people, as the true government, what do they do? They pander, they use their popularity, they use their name recognition and, and people are so blinded when the shit is right there in their face. But then it could turn around and look at a normal person and say, well, if you are a person of, um, if, if you're, let's say, a, a black man with a white woman and your child is mixed, they're, um, they're some kind of, you know, they're, they, they can be considered one thing or another, but you have a person who will use her complexion or his complexion only when it's time to vote just to say that they are part of a certain group of people just to get their vote, but when they, get, they got sworn in, they was under a different group. So it's kind of confusing to me. So I look at the small things. I look at those things because I know that is important. You know, you had one lady that got joked out for years, right? Playing identity politics, right? And said that they were Native American and when a DNA test got done, they, they had less than 0.001% Native American blood. So this is just to say that we have all these people using identity politics on the people when, it, when it's feasible. When are we gonna wake up people? And that's all people. We need a different political system if we're going to do this right. Because right now, the way it is, this shit is filthy. It's filthy. Check this out. Each combination of ethnicity, sexual orientation, and gender brings a different set of perspectives and experiences that voters should value in ultimately making their decisions. It's not just the first thing and definitely not the only thing a voter should look to. In the end, policies 
has to win out. What a person want to do in office matter more than their skin color. That is a fact. Can't, you can't get no more factual than that. So let's get rid of, let's stop playing all these identity politics because that shit means absolutely nothing. When will we take it serious enough to say that the policies matter? I, I know that there's a group of people in, in, in this whole political spectrum that get together and they vote together. They're the an, an, um, evangelical party, uh, evangelicals. They, they get together and they have a belief because that person might have a policy on something that's serious. I have a friend right now that takes that thing serious and he said that he would probably vote a different way but there's one policy that certain group, the, the, the left, right, they, they are cool with and he's not cool with and that's abortion. And a lot of conservatives are against abortion. And then, so when it comes down to certain things, that's a part of their policy. They have a policy against abortion. They do not want to fund it. So what do they do? They don't fund it. Or they try not to fund it, which is okay with me. That's not my belief, but I respect someone who has policies in mind as opposed to a party or skin color or gender or religion, et cetera, et cetera. That makes perfectly logical sense to me. I want everybody to understand you should not compromise belief simply because they seem impossible to enact. If people show support for the action and people they believe can enact the most positive change, maybe they can even influence others to follow their hearts and minds as well. So again, it breaks down what I've been saying all along. Let's not compromise our beliefs because your belief is not the skin color. That's a bias, right? Because you're not looking at anything else. Let, let's look at what you believe in, what should be done in your communities and your neighborhoods, right? And say, yo, let's get together and let's go with this person because they have a political belief through their policies or a, uh, or a belief in their policies that's political that could better our neighborhood and better us as people. Let's not just look at a person because they're brown and say that that person is for, for you because you got some people that's brown and they don't give two dams about you. All they're about is the money. It's all about the money, right? Y'all know there's a whole lot of songs talking about money and that's what it's really all about, all about the money. We got to wake up, people, for real. Check this out. Political policies animated its mission principally in a threefold manner. First, by evaluating matters of public policy to determine whether the, um, they promote or undermine America's first principles as, it is conservative as it's a conservative legacy. Second, by holding accountable the views and actions of public officials and those candidates seeking public office to uphold America's first principles when crafting or enacting public policy. Third, by exposing the ideological agendas of public officials and candidates seeking public office 
who oppose America's founding principles and its cause of order, justice, and freedom. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you um, what this means to me, okay? If you are an official and you're doing things that is wrong, that's gonna be lucrative to you, your family, and your friends, you should be held accountable by your peers. So if I'm a senator and I see Senator Senator over there and he's doing something unethical, right? I should be holding him accountable, right? That's just like the police. Like I talked about a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of days ago, I think, about police and the police accountability. Um, yo, real talk. If you're a public official, your job is to protect the people who brought you into power. How dare you utilize your power to abuse the system? Your job is to make sure that the people have order, justice, and freedom. Freedom, justice, and order. If you're not up for the job, then you have to go. But it, it's, it's so damn, it's, 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 man, listen, I go crazy about this because it's like, I can have these conversations with people in a mild manner, but I'm on my show. I'm doing my show, right? So I can be outraged, I can be loud, I can be obnoxious, I can curse, I can do all of that because you know what? There's a lot of people who understand where I'm coming from. Let me tell you something. The Declaration identifies America's first principles as a respect for the rules of law, the recognition that all persons are created equal and are naturally endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights, among these being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I want to big up my guy. He know who he is. He worked with me. He say this line every single day. There's no way that I can forget that. It also states that the government, the governments are instituted by the people and derives its just power from the consent of the governed. I am the governed because I consent when I cast my vote, right? So when I cast my vote, I give you the power to do what you have to do, but it has to be the same as number one, the recognition that all persons are created equal and are natural, um, naturally endowed by the creator with certain unalienable, un in, uh, mm, see I hate that word, unalienable rights among these being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or uh, pursuit of happiness. And the third, the principle of limited government, which means that the legitimate purpose of government is the protection of unalienable rights and the government is to be strong enough to fulfill that purpose yet limit solely to that purpose. Tell you man, they don't do that. Let me tell you, you say this before I go, I just wanna drop one definition for y'all. Political solidarity. Solidarity means, I'm just gonna give you the, the definition of solidarity, but it, it still 
This is the same when it comes to politics, right? Solidarity means unity as a group or class that produces or is based on community of interests, objectives, and standards. See, when we give up our standards and we no longer allow our community interests to be the base of the institution, we'll never get to our, our objectives. Because now it becomes not a community, but an individual's interests, objectives, and standard, right? Like there's a, there, there was a gentleman who got uh, primaried in New York City in the Bronx, I believe. Um, I can't remember his name because I'm not in the Bronx. I'm not in Brooklyn or, or New York anymore, so I can't really tell you his name. But y'all know, he, he, uh, know who he is. I just had his name at the tip of my tongue. Uh, but this man made a statement on a hot mic, right? A hot mic means an open mic. Um, he said that he wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the primary. Remember earlier when I stated that if you are a politician and you're dealing with the people, you should always be involved in your community. You should be a, a community first type of leader. That means that you're coming back to the community as much as possible. You're doing things to, to make the, the lives of the people in your community better that voted you in. You're, you're out here doing what you need to do to protect your constituents. Well, political solidarity basically sums up all of that, right? Because you have a solidarity with the people that voted you in. So now that you have uh, uh, a solidarity with them, you're going to always have a positive rapport. You're going to always have a good, a good, good relationship with the people, and everybody's going to vote you back in because you are the person that you say you are. But a lot of the times we get people who uh, they, they get in and they forget, you know, and it's some of our favorites on both sides. You know, I, me personally, if I was in politics, I would be a person for the people because I am a person for the people right now. That's never going to change. Why? Because my mom and my dad made sure they made me that way when they gave me the name love. It might sound corny, but my name is Mr. Talk Love 718, right? So if you know my real name, you know that the love is actually my middle name. And I live with love in my heart, and I live with love for everyone. It doesn't matter your race or your, your gender or your creed or religion. I love everybody equally, and I respect everyone equally. It's when you are disrespectful then I have to say something about it. Unity. We have to unite as a people, people. We have to get together and we have to put our differences aside and look at the things that we have in common in order to succeed in America, the world of America. It's not the country of America. This is its own world, right? So in the world of America, we have to look at each other, we have to sit down and we have to take some paper and we have to put down the things that we love and the things that we don't love. And then we have to get someone to mark everything off and say, okay, this is what we have in common and this, this is the type of person or people that we need to get involved in our communities becoming our leaders. We can find someone out there that's like that. It's not that hard. We have to do some vetting but it's not that hard, you know what I mean? You got a lot of people out there that's loving the community. 
Some people just love being organizers. You know, they like to organize things. You know, you have those who don't like being organizers. You like, you got people who like to speak. You know, you got people who like to knock on doors and make phone calls. I clearly don't like making phone calls, but I do it because it's a part of the job. Anyway, when it's all down, it's, uh, when it's all said and done, you know, this is all about life. And when this is over, I'm going to be talking about something else. So believe me when I say right now we're in uh, a season of politics, which I try not to talk about politics. I can care less who you vote for. Uh, just make sure it's an informative decision. Don't vote because someone looks like you. Don't vote for someone who might act like you because we know how we are. Do we really want someone like us, us clearly just like us to be in charge unless we're a good person? And we and we and we don't cast stones and we don't live in glass houses. If we if we're that type of person, then yo, go for it, you know. But I just clearly I want to say to everyone you know that's out there listening. Understand this: love is love, and we can't do anything without love being the first objective of our life. I, I probably said that wrong, but it's okay. We can't allow hate to be the guide that we use to determine how we make decisions in lives. We have to make informative decisions. We have to get together in unity and solidarity. We have to come up with solutions and we have to do it together every single time in order to succeed in, in this world of America because the world of America don't like anybody. If you're poor, I don't care if you're black or white, if you're poor, they don't like you. And I don't care how you how you look at it. Anybody who's a working class member of society in the world of America is hated by the elite. But they like when we spend our money. They don't care about nothing else. We're just another number. So let's get together. Let's love each other. Let's talk life. How about that? Let's get together and let's talk life. It's not that hard. If you're not sure about something that's uh, based on race relations, you know what? It doesn't hurt to actually get with a friend or a coworker or, or someone that you just met and just sit down and say, hey, you know what? Let's have this conversation. I want to get to know more about you and how you think and how your, your, your community thinks even though it's the same community and it's, the, it's called the human community. Anyway, I am Mr. Talk 718, founder of the BEM, Black Equality Movement. I'm also Mr. Love is Love, and I am also Mr. Talk 718. And with that being said, let's talk life, y'all. Love is love. Peace.